it's it's shown me that these things are possible that I'm not dreaming that I do feel we rims can be the best region in the state of California in the nation Stephanie Downey and I'm Kelly Hogan Flowers from Rims Avid and you're listening to the Rims Avid Roundtable, the podcast where we discuss all things Avid. Twice each month on this podcast, we'll get together with a special guest to talk about their Avid journey. They will tell you their story and explain what makes them an Avid rock star. They will share their ideas, best practices and strategies that they've learned along the way. During our last episode, we had a fantastic conversation with Catalina Cifuentes the Executive Director of College and Career Readiness for Riverside County Office of Education. This episode is part two as we continue our conversation with Catalina. If you want to finish this sentence, because of AVID. Wow, that was a... <laughs> no, <I> know, <laughs> How a much longer one. do we have? Don't you? <laughs> as much time oh, wow. as you want. Oh, wow. I know, that's a huge one. Um, I would say because of AVID, I found... Um, like I said, my purpose early on, mm-hmm. my calling, um, my passion, and I feel um, like nothing is nothing is impossible. Like when it comes to our oh. students, so I keep pushing, and I get little wins, and sometimes it's ha- it's so hard, it's so hard this work, um, because sometimes it's not always about students, you know. Sometimes it's I deal with groups, and it's it's like God, that's a lot of ego right here, right? That's a that's a lot of ego of 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 why we can't do this for a student or why we can't expand the AVID program or why we can't um, make this a requirement, right? So I win, I win some, I, I get back on, I get back, back, um, you know, back on it or I lose some. But I think um, it, it's shown me that these things are possible, that I'm not dreaming, that I do feel right. we, RIMS can be the best region in the state of California and the nation. And I think too many opportunities, you know, when... Um, Riverside County got the highest graduation rate, you know, in 2019. And we didn't go after graduation rate. We went after post-secondary. Mm-hmm. We did AVID. Hello, that's what we right. did. It's yep. just AVID. Everyone's like, what's going on in Riverside? Okay, news update. It's AVID. It's AVID. Okay. That's all we did was take those same strategies and that same opportunity, provided systemic college application workshops during a school day, provided FAFSA workshops during a school day, provided um, a college and career planning during the school day, um, built the system within the day for students just like AVID does. And so nothing, you know, mind you, nothing even close to the impact and the level of commitment AVID gives our students. But just even just a little bit, just to show you, mm-hmm. just a little bit of AVID school-wide mm-hmm. and what it did for, for, for that, for Riverside County. Right. So in 2019 when this happened, and, you know, we beat Orange County, which is like, wow, are you right. kidding me? It's yep. huge. Huge. I said, okay, I told you, our kids are just as smart, just as bright, just as capable of the students in Huntington Beach and Laguna Beach and San Diego, and they just needed the opportunity. And that's what we gave them. Our, our, you know, our, our leaders are continue to just provide those opportunities. And so I think when I think what it's because of AVID, AVID has shown me that I do still believe, I'm a firm, still strong believer in public education and what we can do. And I... Um, We've been challenged more than ever these past few years, but um, I know we can be the the transformative piece in in, in our region, in our state. Um, we're we have we have the we have the ability to do that, and and I think that's what AVID has shown me. And it we took what I learned as a student in a class to then doing AVID myself, mm-hmm. 
to then, you know, uh, working on the strategies, those same strategies across across the school site to now across the county and look at the byproducts. And it's more than just post-secondary. Right. Lower students getting in trouble, um, highest graduation rate, more high school diplomas. Mm-hmm. All these byproducts will transform a community. And I think if there's anyone listening that's not in education, um, this affects you, right? This right. affects communities. Mm-hmm. If we... Well, if less students are going to college or they don't have a plan, then what are they doing? They're getting in trouble. Yeah. I fear more than ever as our college um, enrollment declined these last two years, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about them. What are they doing if they're not in a, a program or a trade mm-hmm. score or certification process? And I think we have to come together to do that and, and, and like you said, build that avid family outside mm-hmm. of education so they understand that impact um, that will happen and if we don't continue to push and have high expectations. So I think because of AVID, personally, that's what it's done for me. But I think it's also opened up so many opportunities. We have a f- I know you're going to have on, this, on the show a famous alumni. Mm-hmm. We have students. I have students. Some of my former students are um, dentists and doctors and lawyers. And it's like, wow, like to see where they've come from. Um, I have one particular student that I worked with, you know, he's now a fighter pilot, you know, in the Navy, and he's flying these jets, and I call him, you know, a little top gun. And it's just like, <laughs> if you would have saw him when I met him, yeah, you would have not thought of, you know, of that. But um, I think that's what it's done. It's transformed lives, and um, it's it's more than just a college going rate, and we can't lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. All right, so to wrap it up, we're going to have you give – our listeners, your best piece of advice uh, for AVID. So to be successful in AVID, you need to do this one thing. Like, what's the one thing they need to do? Wow. I know that you're going to think human, you know, of course, relationships and building relationships with your students, definitely. But I think understanding the the data, the piece of data that I would mm-hmm. say, if there's one thing I could advise, um, we can tell students we love them. We can, you know, give them, you know, attention, go above and beyond for them. But we're not doing any favors for them for them by feeling sorry for them. Mm-hmm. We have to understand what our data is, what our baseline, where are they at academically, where are they at for A through G, um, what's their post-secondary plan. We have to know our students and establish baseline data for their future. Um, you know, when you think of, um, you know, businesses, right, if they don't get numbers, they don't continuing business yeah. right and I think too often in education we've we've moving away from that return on investment because I know there's that one story that student we saved his life and we've mm-hmm. connected but I think now more than ever we have to not that it's a it's a you know what we do for students isn't just a business but I think showing our showing what we do for students showcasing that data piece is so important and so you know, one of the things I used to do as an avid coordinator is just that, you know, track my baseline data. How many are on track for graduation, on track for A through G completion, on track for their Calgrand GPA, um, post-secondary plan. I knew by grade level where they were at, average GPA, all those pieces, because then that helped me identify what I needed to work on, what I needed to spend more time on, what I needed to, I'm, we're good here, I need to focus more on this. It helped me identify the gaps, if I didn't look at my data, I didn't, wouldn't realize that I have way more females than males in my other yeah. program, right. right? And I know that's something we're working on as a RIMS team. Um, I didn't realize that my representation of my program didn't represent 
the school that I served or the community mm-hmm. in terms of enrollment in the program. Um, I needed to look diversify. I needed to look for other students. So I think don't look, don't be afraid of the data piece. I think the data will empower you to help you make better informed decisions and make student driven decisions and not on what someone told you or what you're feeling, right? And so I think there's one piece of advice, spend the time to understand your baseline data for your AVID program and, and what your goals are. That's great. Thank you. And thank you, Catalina, for joining us today and answering all these questions so beautifully. Oh, thank you. No, thank you for having me. And I do want to, I know Stephanie said that was the last one, but I do have one more that I want to ask Ooh, you. One more. <laughs> one more. Just because, you know, I, I can't let you leave without asking. I know when, when we talk, we're going to be talking to Mrs. Schneider in the future. And I know when we talk about her avid legacy, I know that she will mention you because Aww. you're definitely part of her legacy. I'm not coming because I'll be crying. When <laughs> I see her, I lose it. <laughs> but what is your avid legacy? God, um, you know what? I would say, you know, we joke around. There's actually something I'm working on right now, and I like to call it a pilot because pilot gives you the path to – it's just a pilot. We haven't we haven't <laughs> finalized it yet. You know, that's been a way I've been able to move things um, across the system. Like I said, um, you know, sometimes it's not always about students, right? There's different reasons why things happen in education. I would say my I would say my legacy. God, with I mean, I'd, I've helped so many students, worked with so many students and families, but I hope it's um, that things are possible, right? That there's nothing that there's nothing that can't be done if it's good for students Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so I the coordinators and the teachers listening don't give up right because if I would have taken that advice you know to almost over 20 years ago um and at the time Mr. Schneider was the was the coordinator Mm -hmm. um for uh was a program manager for the AVID program or was about to become when they did that FAFSA piece and I thought oh my god this is going to go away in two years what are we going to do like all these amazing students that I met at my high school and I we can't we have to continue that became like my mission. This has to be something required mm-hmm. and not required to provide that equity. It's equ- legislation, equity and legislation, right? Everyone says, like I said, every, we're an equity champion, then show me. Show right. me in your actions how champion you are. So I made that commitment There was gonna, where we're going to find a way to do it, right? And so we were the first, um, you know, we were first to, to unleash faster completion data on a dashboard. And that was super ongoing weekly. Mm-hmm. That was public data and mm-hmm. that didn't come out and everyone... I took a lot of hits for that. People never know. People were upset with me, and they don't understand. Um, oh yeah, Kelly. I, oh yeah, I could tell you stories. That could be another podcast. All the, all the, all the, all the um, attitudes or people upset. But I think they were fearful of, um, you know, being blamed or being shamed. And I said, no, we need to showcase the fact that you have you work in a community that over ten percent of your students can't submit either application because they don't qualify. They just came here from another country. Mm-hmm. Like we need to use this data to advocate what needs to happen and not use it as an I got you mm-hmm. or or a blame game. That wasn't the point of unleashing the FAFSA completion data across the county. Well, you look at that piece, and then that led to state state attention, right? And that led to me going on to California Student Aid Commission, mm-hmm. and that was new for me. And I've, the first thing question I asked when you know they discussed this, I said, I don't want to be on a committee to be a committee. If we can't do big things, then I'm too busy. I got mm-hmm. kids that need me here in my <laughs> county, right? And so being having the honor to be um, appointed by, you know, Governor Newsom, I'm not only for a student aid commission, I've been appointed I was um, by two governors, but then and to serve um, to serve the administration and serve 
um, what he truly, he's probably made some of the greatest investments in education these last few years in California has ever seen. Um, to, but to have that opportunity showed me, okay, this can be done, right? And I'll never forget, I met with somebody um, from the California Department of Education before I actually went to go there. And I mentioned, I said, hey, I've been working on this. What do you think? And Louisiana at the time had made FAFSA mm-hmm. a requirement. He says, Catalina, that'll never happen. It's local control. Local control. California's gone too forward with local control. That's a mandate. And mm-hmm. if it's an unfunded mandate, it for sure won't happen. Right. And so I could have given up. And I said, no, we're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep pushing because they need to understand. Just FAFSA alone, last year, we left $200 million alone just in community college students and Pell Grant. That's federal money mm-hmm. that could have come. They're in school. They're paying for it when they could have gotten for free mm-hmm. and got Pell money yep. to live. And so we're, we're talking, that's, it's a fiscal impact. So right. I, I depend on the audience is how I would spin it. So if it was a, you know, business leaders or fiscal, I talk about the fiscal impact. If it was community members and, and you want to bring those resources back to your community, you know, talk show that. So if I would have listened to, you know, this won't happen, this can't happen, this can't, then I don't think we would have had, um, the amazing leadership that we've had locally here in San Bernardino County, our mm-hmm. assemblywoman that pushed this bill and pushed this work forward on why we need to do it and why California stands. Here we are, we, we give funding to our dreamers and one of the few states that do that. Um, and so I think that's, if anything, that's what I'd love to be is, you know, you don't give up if you have this dream of something that can be for students. Um, if it's, it, you know, you can't lose sight on as long as it, it's what's best for students and you keep pushing. Did it take a long time? It did. Right. That I take a lot of personally, you know, professionally hits and probably people think I won't hire her. She's too pushy. You know what? I don't want to work for people who don't believe in in what's best for students, because believe here, I'm not here for promotion and I'm not here to run for office. So (laughs) there's no there's no you can't come at me and say that's why she's doing it. Nope. I've turned down all those things. I came back to my county because I I, that's not what what matters to me. So I feel um, don't give up. And it could be something. It could be something at a school site. Then you know you're trying to expand your avid sections, or and if you need help with um, showing that justification, sometimes people are driven by different reasons. Like I said, sometimes it's fiscal. Mm-hmm. This makes mo- this makes sense for money. This makes sense to improve our data. Um, this makes sense for different reasons, and you just have to find that way. And I've been fortunate. I would have you ever asked me, not only go from teaching, but now being on these committees and working with legislators and working on policy for California. No. No, I mean, it's funny when I say data, I, I had to take algebra two and geometry twice, okay? <laughs> Same. So I know my Ramona high school teachers, are, they're listening, they're like, girl, she got a D in geometry. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, so now I love data, right? So you just, you don't know what potential students have and um, what they can do. So um, I think that's it. Just don't give up. And if it's something down to the school site of a change you're trying to make school-wide, um, don't give up and keep pushing and find a way you just it's it's timing is everything and taking advantage of those opportunities i think um the the amount of students in california that are going um that sometimes college students that are hungry or that have housing insecurities over 70 percent um the the student aid commission did a seer survey um on college students and over 70 percent of them experience housing or food insecurities at one point in in, in college so as we get ready for the FAFSA requirement and we're pushing that, um, our next project is CalFresh mm-hmm. and looking right. at simplifying the CalFresh process for college students. Um, 
it's as you know you probably help students you know both of you to get calfresh application <laughs> but if you're going to go to uc davis oh you got to do the application over because you're moving to another county there's too many barriers in providing food yeah. to college students and so that's and not every college campus in california allows calfresh for students to be able to use calfresh and so the band-aid we're doing is um you know like food pantries it's a mm -hmm. band-aid don't send my kids to a food pantry right. when there's ability there's there i'm not saying i'm not grateful for those uh, those pieces but we can do better so when you look at the system it's 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 the layers of red tape that have been for protection, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't built for community college students. It, was, it wasn't necessarily built for, not community college, sorry, college students. But it's things that we can, we created, things that we can fix. And so that's like my next challenge is I'm going after CalFresh. They just, the Student Aid Commission, we just did a, a massive um, work group. We brought all the stakeholders together to talk about this problem. And it was amazing how many people did not realize um, the, the, what happens to our students in food insecurities in college. And I, sh I shared with them, and we can say this in RIMS, you know, majority of our students have been getting free reduced lunch since they were in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And then they graduate. And I, I can assure you, very few have life-changing circumstances that happen over the summer. They yeah. still need the food. Right. We were feeding them breakfast, lunch, and dinner to do be successful. And I think um, we're looking at those types of ideas on if, if we've, we've been doing this for them, what's three or four more years to get them a degree? I believe me, I've paid back the state taxes that have been invested in me in a Cal grant. Any other financial aid I've received, all of us here at this table right. have paid back tenfold that money back to the state of California. It is an invest. It's an investment to us to do this for our students. So um, going back to, I know that was a long answer, but um, just wanted to give ideas of don't don't dream, don't dream small, and don't think your idea is it's it's dead on arrival. Keep pushing, keep going, um, and don't listen to that. And it's not, it's not. It's not easy, but you know I, I've accepted. I think Michael Kelly's always telling me that's just who you are. You're always going to bring that. That is. you like to agitate and you like to move things. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, but sometimes it gets hard. It takes yeah. a toll on you when people are, you know, just negative. And um, but it's like if you took the time to hear me and understand what I'm trying, what we're trying to do, right? I'm fortunate. I have an amazing team. Our college readiness team in, in our county office of education and my county superintendent, um, Dr. Edward Gozmez. They get that. They get that innovation right now is what we need. Um, and this RIMS region, you know, both county superintendents, by continuing this commitment to RIMS Avid, I don't think we realize, and we say enough, how fortunate we are it's for so Superintendent fortunate. Alejandre and Superintendent Gomez, um, county superintendents, because um, most of them have moved away from this. And I think those of you listening, we're so fortunate. You have no idea. You have two county superintendents that believe in you and that continue to invest in you. So I always tell students, you know, your actions are so loud, I don't hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Their actions to continue this investment tells you that they believe in you. Definitely. That's good. Thank you. So that's it for this episode of the Rooms Avid Roundtable. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Kelly. If you have questions, feedback on today's episode, or an idea for a future show, please tweet us at rimsavid or email rimsavid at sbcss.net. We'd love to hear from you. And be sure to check out our website, rimsavid.org, for all the latest news and events. Thanks, Catalina, for spending the morning with us and sharing your amazing and inspiring story. And thank you for always being that ram pushing forward, not taking no for an answer. But most of all, thank you for your example. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, and one day at a time, Rim's family, um, we got this. You were made for this. This is where you're supposed to be. 
Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to follow us in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Join us again next time for more RIMS Avid Roundtable. We'll save you a seat.